0: Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Um, Good to see everyone today. How's everyone doing? Good. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, For those who... Um, but yeah, as, as Damien said, we'll have a, a one-hour service. Could we give it up for our worship team? Uh, what an incredible job. We heard your voice, <laughs> and we loved it. Um, for those of you that are wondering, uh, was that the voice of God speaking during worship? <laughs> it was just Adrian, and uh, he just, he's lucky we were, he was like, Jason, walk up now. And, and he actually don't, he tells us all what to do. And he's nice, but he tells us all what to do throughout the whole service. Uh, I'm just playing, but that's that was. Right. mics. Um, you know, actually today we um, uh, the carols that you heard was actually for our, uh, our event on the 11th of December. So two, three weeks ago, we had an event and it actually got cancelled due to bad weather. But uh, today we were able to actually just share some of those things because the team, as much as it got rained out, the team still prepared for six weeks. As much as, uh, you know, we got rain out, everyone's still planned and prepared and organized, and so that's why we should honor the people that lead us uh, into worship each week, uh, day in and day out. Thank you, Nat, and worship team, and everyone else involved, an incredible thing. Hey, listen, next year, um, you know, you might be, maybe this year you've sat on the sidelines a bit, and you've gone, hey, I'm just going to suss out this church, let's see what's happening. I think next year... Is the year that you start serving again, hey? January, February, I want you to sign up. Uh, We're going to engage with you and we're going to ask you, hey, um, why don't you get involved in a great way? As Damien's already said, there's a 9.30 service tomorrow. On the 31st, we're online only, but on the 7th of January, we're doing an an anointing service. Everyone say an anointing service. We would love to anoint everyone with oil. So if you're here, bring your family members. We want to set this year apart. Uh, And so come along. If you're here, we will anoint you. And on the eighth of January, we kick off twenty-one days of prayer and fasting. Yeah. Uh, on your seats, yes, yay! Yeah. That, you should be excited about this. Yeah. 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 Thanks, not bet. That was serotonin, but but. Uh, on your seats, you're going to have the 21 days of guidance there. And listen, I know it's Christmas and you're going, but I don't want to talk about fasting right now. Let's just talk about it for a moment. But, you know, would you join us? If you call Encompass Home, would you join us? Uh, maybe not for all 21 days. You might go, but I can come once in the seven, like every seven days or something like that. But come along. They are incredible nights together as we pray. We'll be holding one of the services in Doreen. We'll be holding one of the services on a Sunday in Craigieburn. Uh, and we're going to take the prayer in there. What have, what have we said throughout this year? That prayer is the engine Room for the church. And this is where I speak out today is that the engine's about to get bigger. And when it gets bigger, let me say that there's, it goes faster and it has a greater impact. It's more powerful. Chair, uh, sorry, prayer fuels chairs. Let's not talk about that. Prayer fuels the church, prayer clears the air, and prayer sets up holy ground. Let's be a church that prays. Anyway, um, I've got to tell a joke, okay? I think I'm getting older, but I saw this this morning. And then I asked Alyssa permission if I could share it. And she said, go for it. It could be a dad joke. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, no, I'm becoming one of those guys. Oh, no. All right. Anyway, imagine, imagine Jesus in the manger <laughs> and, all the, and, and all the farm animals around. Okay, you know all the farm animals? Yeah, okay, cool. Now, imagine the animals could talk. Okay, now this is what the animals would say. Again, it's a precious moment. The camel, the camel says... I will bear him gifts. The donkey says, I will carry him. The fish will say, I will pay his taxes. The cow says, very holy, I will quench his thirst. The dove says, I will bless his baptism. I'll be there when he's baptized. The sheep says, I will warm him up. And the duck says, I will feed him. But the pig says, I will let him fill me with demons and jump off the cliff. Wait. For those of you that don't even know your Bibles, uh, it's a bit of a story in the Bible. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, can you take my phone? I got to Focus, focus, focus. I just, it cracked me up and I just had to say it again. Gotta laugh. Wait, what? Uh, so anyway, as uh, Damon kind of mentioned, uh, we kind of shared the vision for next year, which is this is holy ground. Everyone say holy ground. Ground And it's all about uh, three words which we made it, see, bow, and go. And and this is all about kind of when we say see, it's to have a greater awareness and wonder. Everyone say wonder. wonder. A greater awareness and wonder of his presence. Bow is that we would live lives that bow and burn for God in all areas of our lives, our finances and our careers, our families in every sphere of our lives. We'll have lives that burn and bow for God and go is that on holy ground, God calls you to an assignment that is beyond you. And I just thought today, um, as I was preparing this, this message, and it's a bit of a Christmas Eve message or a Christmas message, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into C. Everyone say C. 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 That we would have a greater awareness and wonder for God, especially during this Christmas season. Maybe um, Christmas has lost its meaning for you. Maybe, you know, you're so busy you actually haven't slowed down a few minutes ago to go, what is Christmas all about? Again? Like, as in, oh, that's right. Or, or, or maybe you've just made Christmas about everything else except the birth of Jesus, the birth of the King, the birth of our Lord and Savior. Maybe maybe you've lost your wonder this Christmas. And I pray collectively and individually that we will find our wonder again. Let's find our wonder for Christmas again. Amen. 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 Let's read a passage of Scripture more dad jokes for the, for the rest of the four minutes, um, um, and then uh, maybe not another dad joke, I'm so sorry. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, and this is what it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, this is a wondrous moment, and the Lord, uh, and sorry, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, everyone say, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you to see him, that you will find a baby, a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company. More angels rocked up and they started praising God. Hundreds and thousands of them saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Everyone say peace. Peace Peace to those on on whom his his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. They, they, They hear this story and they say, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph, found the baby lying in a manger, and when they saw him, they spread the word concerning what And all who heard these words from a shepherd were amazed. It says here, though, in verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds went back um, glorifying and praising God. Let's pray. Let's commit this time to God. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will help us slow our minds, slow our hearts down this morning, and we will be able to focus. We will be able to focus and wonder again, be in awe and reverence the fact that you came down from heaven to earth, a baby in a manger to save the world, the hope of humanity. So, God, Lord, reveal this to us today, help us to wonder again. In your name, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I have uh, another confession. Uh, I, last time I made a confession and a statement. Everyone paid me up about cricket for six weeks. Um, I hope this does not have the same impact. Um, but I love watching Hallmark movies. <laughs> why, why are you laughing? I don't understand. I, I, I genuinely love watching... I, since November, I've been watching Hallmark movies. You guys have been watching it for the last few weeks. I've, I watch a Hallmark movie like once a week from the last week of November. And you might be asking... Why would you do this? I- I'll tell you why. Hallmark movies take no brain power to watch. Am, am I right? Like, as in, they take no brain power. Like, as in, you just know what's going to happen. They are so predictable. They don't require any of my focus. I can walk away from a Hallmark movie for twenty-five minutes, come back and know exactly what they're going to do. How good is that? Like, as in, that's amazing, isn't it? Like, as in, so, like for me, like I'm kind of like going. There's, there's no depth to a Hallmark movie. There's no thought. There's no late twists and turns, they're just, home. They're, you just know that someone's always returning to their hometown. <laughs> and, like true, like you always know someone's returning, some of you are going, I've never listened to a watch a Hallmark, real quick snapshot, they always return to their hometown, they're in a current bad relationship, and then they meet a high school person that they used to like, or maybe a, a flame that's just around, and they live happily ever after. I've just described 99.42% of Hallmark movies just right then and there. And you're going, why is he talking about Hallmark? Well, the, the reason I love these sorts of films, and I don't want to ruin them for any, anyone, but there is no wonder in a Hallmark movie. There is no twists and turns. It's just what you see is what you get. Wonder means to be amazed, surprised. There's no surprises. There's astonished and fascinated. You can't be amazed about something that you know is predictable. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be surprised because you've seen it all before. You can't be fascinated or astonished by it because it lacks depth and thought. A lot of us, while we're watching Hallmark movies, we go, as if life's that easy, bro. Like, as in, that family clearly needs counselling now. You know, like, we're thinking that. Like, how are they going to financially provide with this, like, this sea change that they just did? Like, you're, you're always thinking this through. And I think the reason why I say all this is that I think many of us have lost the wonder of Christmas because you treat it like a Hallmark movie. Oh, he was so nice and then he went, oh, I did, yeah. You treat Christmas like a Hallmark. You've deemed Christmas predictable. And yes, you know the story, but don't get familiar with the story. You've judged it uncomplicated because it was complicated and then you learnt a bit about it. And now it's uncomplicated. But just because you've heard it all before doesn't mean that there's new dimensions and layers to it. Yeah. Of course there are new layers to it. You've deemed it simple, easy story. This is a baby born in a manger, saviour of the world, you know, all those sorts of things. You've wrapped it up in a nice bow and you've gone all done, all finished. But let me tell you something. There is so much more yeah. to it. Yeah. And when you explore the truth of Christmas, the authenticity of Christmas, the rawness and the realities of Christmas, the truths of Christmas will always lead you to wonder about Christmas. You will get your wonder back as you explore these truths and the rawness. So today we're going to look at Luke chapter 2. We, we kind of read 12 or 15 passages 15 verses of scripture, and I'm really going to quickly uh, talk about like how do you get your wonder back? Like As in, what does it mean as we see the wonder of Christmas in Luke chapter 2? And if you're taking notes, here's the first one, is that the wonder of Christmas shows us that God uses a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Yeah. That should make you be in awe and kind of go, I can't believe this, but he uses a bunch of nobodies. Verse 8, it says, and there were shepherds. Everyone say shepherds. Now, when I say shepherds, you kind of think homakads. You think about your kids dressing up in nightgowns and grabbing a stick from the yard going, or the broomstick, going, oh my gosh, they're so cute. These shepherds were shifty and shady. I'm I'm not even joking. Their word would not have even been taken seriously in in a courtroom. These shepherds were known as thieves. On a social status, and those of you that are familiar with your Bible, it's okay if you're not, but there was lepers and the shepherds were just above them. They were social and religious outcasts. But yet we see here, and there were shepherds living out in the field, and an angel of the Lord appeared to shifty and shady shepherds. Does that not blow your mind? You're not going to see this in a Hallmark movie. They're going to pick the... The better, the, all the shepherds in the hallmark movies looks like Jesus from the Chosen. You know what I mean? Like, as in, that's what you're getting there. But the reality is, is that these shepherds were had no social power. They were uneducated. They were they were nobodies. Think about this for a moment. The savior of the world is coming to earth. The Messiah, the one we've all been waiting for, and he didn't come to pastors and priests. John, he didn't come to us. I'm so sorry. Uh, it, it, He didn't come to the politicians and the uh, elites. He didn't come to the holy ones. But the message first came to the shepherds, to the nobodies, to the outcasts. Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus says, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and for those who are oppressed. I'm here to set them free. He came for the broken heart. He came for the poor. He came for the blind. He came for the oppressed. It says in John 3 17, I have not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. The first group of people that the message got to was a group of shepherds, a bunch of social and religious outcasts. The, the, the other thing about Luke chapter 2, it shows us that, that not only are they they're, they're shifty and shady, Shepherds, but they were teenage parents. Teenage parents and and, and shifty shepherds. The wonder of Christmas is that God uses a bunch of nobodies. It should lead us to wonder. Listen, I'm just going to really quickly say that on an analysis of teenage parents, I don't think they had the spiritual maturity to mother and father God. I just want to put that out there. I don't think they had the emotional capacity. Like, I'm just saying. They did not have the experience. She's a first-time mum. Like, give her to someone that's had, like, three kids already. You know what I mean? Like, make it easy. But yet, God chose teenage parents. This just, if, if you're wondering what is Christmas, this should lead you to wonder and go, I'm in awe of this story. This is no Hallmark Christmas. Last one is that uses a bunch of misfits all the time. This wasn't just about the Christmas story, but he uses, you've already thought this when you got here, but he uses people like me. He uses people like Damien, too. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Lois is lovely, so obviously, not a misfit. He uses people like Adrian, who talks in the keys. But we're a bunch of misfits. I am a misfit. I'm a nobody. But yet God chooses us first. God will always choose people that bring him glory. Let me tell you something. uh, King David in the Bible, he wasn't even in the room when he was anointed and chosen. Moses was a murderer who lacked confidence, but God chose him and used him. Joseph was rejected by his family. Some of you have been rejected by your own family. God used them. God chose fishermen to build the kingdom of God. God can use anyone. He is in the habit of using nobodies. He came first to the imperfect and the bad. He came first to the brokenhearted and outcast. He came first to the lost. He came first to people like you and me. Let me tell you something. I love this about God, is that he is the director and curator of all our lives. But he didn't choose to save us by writing another character in. He came himself. He is a director and curator that brought himself into our story, humbled himself, left his heavenly privileges and came to save us. He wrote himself into our story. The truth should draw you to awe and wonder. The second thing about wonder is that the wonder of Christmas requires us to listen well. These shepherds, Mary, tomorrow we're going to be talking about the wise men on Christmas. Shepherds and Mary—they listen so well. You know, it's so important how you listen when God is speaking. Yeah. That being said, it's so important when you listen how your wife is speaking. Also, right. has your wife ever come up to you and just gone, "Did you not hear anything I said?" Has that ever happened to you, or is it just me? Never, never. never. I, it happens to me all the time. So, and I'm just thinking, do I get, do I guess? Like at this point, do I guess what she just said? Or do I just acknowledge the fact that I was not listening? You know what I mean? Like, as in, and most of the time, I just try and keep talking a little bit just to kind of, you know. But the thing is, is that when you're not listening, you miss out on wonderful moments. Even a few weeks ago, Amara, I don't know what she said still, but everyone around us went, oh, my goodness, how cute, uh, 18-month-year-old, oh, my goodness, how cute she said this. And I'm right next to her. And I've gone... Yeah, how yeah. cute. Uh, yeah, I've still got no idea what she said. She may have even said, "Dad." She might have quoted the Bible. I don't know. Like, as in, but but I have not. I was present physically, yeah. but mentally and emotionally, I wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. It's important how you listen yeah. when God is speaking. It is so important how you listen when God speaks. The question I have for you is: Do you listen well? Or do you kind of go, oh, yeah, just get caught up in the surroundings and the distractions? When the shepherds heard these angels give them this message, they said, let's go. They didn't debate it. They didn't paper, scissors, rock it. They didn't take a WhatsApp poll or Instagram poll. They said, we are going to Bethlehem right now. We must go. They heard it and they believed. They heard it and they went. They heard it and they said, let's go quickly. How do you respond to the voice of God? Does it amaze you to move you? Do you respond to it with his voice, with radical obedience? Do you drop your pride and allow him to, to speak at any point and at any place? And Maybe you're saying to me, Jace, but listen, they heard it from a choir of angels. Like you ain't no angel, you know what I mean? Like as in, or like my wife or my husband is—he, they aren't any angels. Like as in, that—that that makes no sense. But if you look in verse nineteen, what does it say? Is that what takes place is is that the shepherds share their testimony, and the people were amazed. Yeah. The same shepherds that their words wouldn't hold up in court, but all of a sudden, can, can you imagine the conviction they had in what they were sharing? Can you imagine the passion? You would have been able to see it in their eyes, and they're going, you don't have any idea what's just taken place. You have no idea who's here right now, who's just been born. It's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They listened well. You know, many of us, we kind of get distracted um, by messages, by maybe the, the situations around us. So all of a sudden, maybe you're used to going to a traditional church, or a church not like this and you have not heard anything yet why because it's not the package you expected maybe someone has given you some feedback and they're just a little bit too young to, to receive that feedback you know what I mean like no oh, I don't know about this or maybe they're a little bit too old younger people and you go oh you don't really get life these days or maybe you've deemed their feedback, oh, well, you don't have that sort of experience in this area and you choose not to listen. Let me tell you something. We should never ignore uncomfortable truths yeah. just yeah. because they come in unimpressive yeah. messages. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say that again. We should never ignore uncomfortable truths just because they come through unimpressive messengers, shifty and shady shifts. God is looking to speak to you. Don't get distracted by the vessel it comes in. The vessel cultivates and develops an, a, an attitude of awe. The vessel grows your wonder. The shepherds were unlikely vessels, but they heard well and they shared well. They heard well and they shared well. And they had a message that was life changing. In Numbers 22, God uses a donkey to direct traffic. God uses a donkey to kind of kind of change the plans. Whoever God uses, make sure you're listening carefully. I wonder this morning and I know it's the 20 say the 24th. Yes, I knew that, yep. Yep, the 24th. I wonder if God's spoken to you in the last 11 months. And have you listened well? Have you pondered? Have you decided to move? Have you decided to walk out what you have heard? Not only Did the shepherds hear well, but also Mary pondered? It says here in verse 19 Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The word treasured means to allow it to penetrate her heart. She relished the word, she experienced the word. It was to have an attitude that would be in awe. Psalm 119 says, I have hidden the word in my heart. This is what Mary did. She received, she heard, she hid this word in her heart. Not only did she treasure what she heard, but she pondered. Everyone say pondered. Pondered's a weird word, but pondered means to, to think on, to allow it to unwrap yeah. in context. To think something out, to connect with it. You know, um, Alyssa and I, we bought uh, um, Harley a single size bed. You know, uh, it's a mattress, it's like one by two meters. And it gets here uh, to our house. And do you know how it comes? This one by two meter situation came in a box this big. Why? Because they've sucked out all the air out of it. They've folded it, etc., etc. And then what happens is that you cut the thing open and then you let it expand out. And it goes to like five or 50 times the size of the box. It goes from this to this. It's the same as the word of God. Yeah. When you ponder on the word of God, yeah. it expands. And it unfolds in your hearts. When you meditate on the word, it will begin to unfold. It literally says in Psalm 119, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. If you want your wonder back this Christmas, treasure and ponder the word. Listen carefully to the word of God. Let it ponder in your hearts. Let it unfold in your hearts. Last one. And uh, will we invite the worship? Worship team, Adrian, where's the boss? Adrian, just give me two minutes before you come up, all right? Adrian. Tony's our boss. Anyway, the wonder of Christmas, last one, reveals the real gift. Everyone say the real gift. When you watch Hallmark movies, they will tell you about all the gifts that, that potentially make Christmas. You know when you see a Hallmark movie and maybe someone robs the Christmas tree store? And they go, oh, there's no presents anymore, and they say things like, "You've ruined Christmas," yeah. or maybe someone doesn't rock up for Christmas, and maybe this is your family story this week. But like someone has, and, and you go, "It won't be Christmas without you." You know what I mean? Like we say, "It won't be Christmas without you at the table," and I don't want to be a Grinch here, but it will be Christmas without them. Yeah. Yeah. It's the wrong gift. Those gifts under the tree, the people in your life, et cetera, et cetera, they're great things and they're good things, but it's not what Christmas is about. It is the gift of, Jesus is the gift of joy and peace for our lives. He is all we need. He's all we need. It's a hallmark lie. Christmas isn't about who's around the table, the lights, the events, but it's about Jesus being Lord and Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords really quickly, it says here in verse 10, but the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all people. The joy here is not just a an, a fruit, the fruit of joy, but is the action of joy. You know how Red Bull gives you wings? <laughs> you've, seen the, you've seen it, Red Bull, you drink it and then that guy gets wings automatically and they go, whoa, amazing. Jesus gives you joy like that. It's an action word. So when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, this is why there's no such thing as Mopey Christians, right? Right? (laughs) It makes no sense. But when you receive Jesus in your life, he gives you great joy. He causes great joy. He has this impact in your life. So no matter what you are going through this morning, remind your soul this morning that you have joy, not because of the presence, but because of Jesus. You have joy not because of the people around you, but because you have Jesus inside of you. Jesus is the reason for joy, the cause of joy. Christians are the only people in the world that can grieve and rejoice at the same time. We are the only people in the world that can grieve and rejoice at the same time. Verse 13 he also says that he's come to bring peace. Everyone say peace. We're going to close now. So worship team. Um, hey, boss. I'm just I love Adrian. Um, this is what it says in uh, verse 13. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace. Everyone say peace. Say with a bit of authority now. Peace. Peace to those in whom his favour rests. Now, the peace here isn't talking about general peace. The peace here is not talking about prosperity peace. The peace here that is being referred to here is not even talking about a troubled free life. The peace being talked about here is the peace that ends the warfare in your heart. I need to catch It's the peace that ends the war's in your heart, the warfare in your heart. There are many people in this room and you have no peace in your heart. You have turmoil in your heart. And maybe you've got a lot of words to describe this season or this year or the last 10 years. Maybe it's a health challenge, life stresses, relational and career tensions. Maybe there's just been a lot of blow-ups this year. You're hurting from the past. But let me tell you something, all these problems and you might be going, you're trying to oversimplify I am not trying to oversimplify But all these problems boil down to one question. They boil down to one thing. Do you have peace with God? Because when Jesus came from heaven to earth, it was so that you and I can have peace. And you want horizontal peace. I get it. But look for vertical peace first. Get peace with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And watch how it brings all the horizontal peace into perspective. Watch how it brings all the horizontal wars down to earth. Jesus came from heaven to earth so that He would lead us to have peace with eternity. Peace that would lead us to a relationship with the Father. Peace that would lead us to Jesus being the Saviour and Lord Our lives. The wonder of Christmas means that through sheer grace, everyone say sheer grace. Sheer grace, grace, peace was available with God. Peace with God is available. Some some of you have been desiring peace for a very long time in a circumstance, in a key relationship. And I believe God is Saint, stop looking for horizontal. the Prince of Peace. Allow the peace of God to enter your heart today. and Allow it to flow in your life. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? There's two responses we're going to do. This first one is for anyone that has never made a decision to follow Jesus. You've never decided to get your life right with God. And I want to remind you today that we are all we're all shepherds, shifty, shady, social outcasts, religious outcasts. We're all a bunch of nobodies. And you might go, but I'm not that bad. Well, let me tell you something. In the eyes of God, no matter how good we are, you're bad. In the eyes of God, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory. He came to be the Prince of Peace, first in our lives. So if you want to receive Him as your Lord and Savior, if you want to turn from your own ways and say, God, I want to make you Lord and Savior. I want to receive your peace this morning, right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, just to respect the people around you.
1: If you lift your hands,
0: so we peace. Make Him Lord and say yes, yes, yes. Come on. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to this decision. Make your life right with God. Receive His peace this morning. Come on, as one family today, could we pray together and would you repeat after me? Lord, this day, I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Today I turn from my ways And I choose to do life your way. I believe you came from heaven to earth so that I could be saved. I believe you died on a cross for my sin and rose again so I could have eternal life. Today I receive your peace. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer, or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.